Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. After a little bit of a hiatus, we are back. Uh, just like BYU's running game, after a little bit of a hiatus, we are back. Uh, we will discuss that when we discuss BYU's game versus Oklahoma. We also have some housekeeping to take care of. Lots of BYU sports going on. Lots of postseasons going on that we have to address. And week 12 of college football. With all of that, we are so excited for it. There is also Thanksgiving that you need to be getting excited for. Make sure you're playing in turkey bowls and wearing Royal Strong and True gear the entire time that we do not sell. So make it on your own. Uh, before we get into the episode, make sure you're following us at Loyal to Royal Pod. We will find lots of fun and interactive content. Make sure you're visiting our website, royalstrongandtrue.com, where you will find Jared's weekend watch guides. Share the episodes with your friends. Make sure you're downloading. We love you guys. Let's get into this episode. Let's bull. Go Tigers. That field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here! Yes! Right! Let's back this bullet. Yeah! Ah! Yes! Let's go wild. Let's man. go, baby. Let's go. We're at a waterfall, dude. And welcome back, everybody. It's been a while since the gang was all back together again, and here we are. Uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm back. It's been a long couple of weeks. Uh, there's a long couple of weeks ahead as well. But this week, I'm here, baby. We're back, baby. Back together. Jared and I taking on the sports world. One flaming hot that ends up being very cold cake at a time. <laughs> we will have a lot of those tonight. I can already tell. Oh, yeah. It, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Uh, yeah, we're in for a good one. Let's kick things off with just some quick housekeeping. Don't have a ton of time. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. Everybody wants to go enjoy uh, some football and sports with their family and friends and food. So uh, we'll get through this one pretty quick. But Justin, why don't you kick us off with some housekeeping? Uh, first of all, I just need to say Frick Tires. Uh, Ooh, driving down it. to California tomorrow. Had to change my tires because I realized the thread under the rubber was showing. They were really bad. Um, but yeah, oh, no. the, the fact that you have to pay like 500 bucks for a set of new tires is crazy. Um, tires are just expensive and they don't seem like they should be 500 bucks, but they are. So screw tires. Yeah. Amen. A hey, freaking men. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of tires, we move on to women's soccer. Uh, women's rolling. Uh, there we go. See, see, it was a good one. Um, they are rolling, though. They're on to the Elite Eight. They beat Utah State, the eight-seed USC, and the five-seed Michigan State. Now they will play number three – well, third-seeded UNC at home on Friday night, Black Friday. Um, it is a revenge game because last tournament, UNC was who knocked us out. In the Sweet 16, they beat us 3-2 in Chapel Hill. Now, oh, how the tables have turned or the turns tabled, whichever is the technically correct way to say that. Uh, and we are the home team. I'm excited to see what we do. We have a good team, but uh, can we keep it together? Just one more game, get to another college cup. Yeah, this is extremely interesting because uh, it was either we were going to play UNC or Texas Tech, who, you know, we've already 
tied with Texas Tech once this year. So familiar foes all around. Against Michigan State, we went down 1-0. I was watching the game. It was very sad. But then all of a sudden, we popped off for like three straight goals. It was okay. ridiculous. Um, yeah, so we're rolling. We're rolling. Rolling down the river. Uh, love to see that. Hopefully, they can make another college cup. And then after that, you know, just roll the dice, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Why not? Just roll them. Exactly. Uh, that's what we do in Provo, Utah, is roll the dice all the time. Um, exactly. Women's volleyball. Uh, they are also making a – well, let's see. So they're not in the NCAA tournament. They're making a push to host in the first round of the NCAA tournament. That uh, Their resume was not helped the other night when they lost in four sets to Kansas. Now, Kansas was number 19 mm. at the time. They have a very good RPI. They're a good team. But if we want to host, we needed that dub. So probably not going to host unless – we play super, super well, and a lot of other things happen, but we'll see. Um, we play at West Virginia on Wednesday and TCU on Saturday, so there should be two easy dubs. Um, but, yeah, we really needed that Kansas one if we wanted to host in the NCAA tournament. Selection Sunday is on Sunday, I believe. It's not one of those weird Selection Monday ones. So uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, good team, but really needed that win and weren't able to get it. Jared, you who cover women's volleyball may be more knowledgeable about this, but my understanding is that this is a pretty young team, correct? Yes. Apart from Aaron Livingston and Whitney Bauer, everyone else is – like we have two good seniors, but basically everyone else is, will be returning. Gotcha. So a lot to build on. We might not be hosting this year, but next year it's a lot. Big yes. 12 champions, write it in stone. Uh, we honestly could. We, we're, we're really yeah. good. We just need to get our crap together and play consistent. Um, but, yeah. I, you these... know who does have their crap together and who is playing consistent? BYU Women's Basketball. Shout out to them. They are currently 4-0. and um, Fun fact. I can't remember if I said this on the podcast last time I recorded. But um, they beat Montana State. My coworker's sister was the head coach or sorry, the assistant coach of Montana State. So oh, we were watching great. that game together at work. That was kind of interesting. But uh, women's ball, women's basketball is killing it. 4-0, playing very well. They play St. Louis and Loyola Marymount this week. So let's go, Lady Cougs. Dude, Amber Whiting, she's uh, she's kind of building a program. She 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 really is. Uh, she is very scary, um, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, but I, it's good. It's good because, like, we kind of talk about this with football. We, you kind of need some of that, like, the will, the fire, the fiery desire to win uh, in order to be good. Um, speaking of winning, I mean, I know it's early, but we do have to talk about it. Men's basketball, okay? We all Ooh. thought they were going to stink. We thought they were going yeah. to be the worst team in college basketball, worse than Louisville. Yep. But yep. they are – Playing very well. Okay, we are technically ranked 27th. We're 4-0. We beat the reigning runner-ups. That means something for sure. Um, And against bad teams, as in not top 25 teams that are named San Diego State, we have scored 110, 105, and 93 points for an average of 102.7 points a game. That's crazy. I mean, last year we were beating Missouri State and Idaho State on buzzer beaters. So is this a sign of good things (laughs) to come for men's basketball? I mean, I think it might be – Jared, how pleased would you be if I told you that BYU beat the spread by 13 points? I would be shocked. 
in a good way. Now, what if I told you that original spread was 28 points? And we still beat it by 13 points. This is fantasy. This is fantasy land. That's BYU basketball this season. You know, like we're always critical of Kalani not wanting to run up the not wanting to run up the score. Mark Pope says, "Frick it!" Leaves all five of his starters in the entire game and puts Townsend triple in to bring his beautiful mustache on the floor for the last ninety seconds of the game. Absolutely love it. I Townsend triple is he's a work of art. And as long as he is on BYU basketball, as long as he is on the roster, this will be an elite team. I think we're in pretty good shape. Uh, don't pull a Brandon Davies, Townsend, okay? Please. <laughs> Are you With that mustache? <laughs> what? <laughs> we got, got nothing to worry about. a girl to impregnate first. <laughs> we, we, we got nothing to worry about there. Um, we, Sorry, we Townsend, do... you're a very beautiful young man. <laughs> Uh, so we play Arizona State, um, who's supposed to be really good, but they have 11 transfers. They only had three returning players. Uh, so they have a lot of talent, but hasn't meshed yet. So we play them Thanksgiving night at 10 p.m. So that'll be the perfect, like, fall asleep as the game's starting kind of game. Um, it'll be really fun. And then it's in a Vegas showdown, so we'll play NC State or Vandy next, the winner of that game. Uh, that, that's kind of a fun little uh, tournament for the Cougs. Uh, one more thing, bracketology. Yes, it has already started, and BYU is an 11 seed right now. Oh. Last four buys, not even in the first four. Uh, how do we feel about that? I mean, I would take it right now. Stop the count. Um, at the beginning of this year, I think we all thought that BYU somehow, some way, would be so bad that they wouldn't even make the conference tournament, much <laughs> less the freaking NCAA tournament. Of course, everyone makes a conference tournament. But still, they would have found a way not to have made it. I think it's insane. If we end up being an 11, an 11 seed by the end of the year, I will eat a deep-fried um, cricket. I'll eat a deep-fried cricket. That, that's actually not bad enough. You know what? I will. <laughs> You'll eat two. Um, I'll put butter in a sock and smack myself in the rear end with it. All right. I'll match. <laughs> It's a good little bet. <laughs> okay. Good. We'll, we'll smack each other's rear ends with butter socks. There we go. Butter socks it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're like prison soap, uh, whatever. Um, anyway, last thing of housekeeping, we have to mention uh, Zachy Poo getting triple benched. Uh, <laughs> the triple, double, oh, the milk hunter. How like, he basically, falling. he's barely dressing, right? Like, if it were last year, he wouldn't be dressing. So, I don't know. I, yeah. I wasn't able to watch the game. His stats weren't like, I mean, they weren't good, but his team is so bad. I, I don't know. It, it may be someone who got more eyes on it could say more than me, Justin. I don't know what you saw, but I think Zach just needs to get out of New York. I mean, yeah, he does. And freaking uh, Jack the Mooney is on Twitter now saying, I said what I've said, get Zach out of that trash organization. Like he's going off on the Jets. But yeah. I just think it's hilarious that he got benched for Tim Boyle, right? Who? Who? Tim Boyle, <laughs> who um, came in and only completed 50% of his passes and for 33 yards and one interception. Nice. Nice. Uh, Tim Boyle, in his career, his entire career, has completed 60% of his passes 
for an average of five yards per attempt. Not good. Nice. Uh, three touchdowns, nine interceptions. Nice. Well, obviously, according to Jets and national media, I mean, now now the Jets are going to go on a 10-game winning streak. They're going to make the playoffs, right? Now that Zach's out of there, this team is just unlocked. Um, Zach is 100% of the problem. There's nothing else wrong with this team or this organization or the roster. Um, Zach Wilson is 100% the problem. Nope. Yes. Uh, so I – I don't know. I feel bad for Zach. It's obviously just a terrible, terrible, terrible situation where he gets all the blame for just being in a just absolute dumpster fire of a program. Can we talk about something? And I don't know if this is a hot take or if this is something that a lot of people have noticed. But I mean, looking at the Chiefs game last, were you able to catch any of the Chiefs game last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Okay, You see, you know, that ball being dropped that Patrick Mahomes throw through yep. that would have won them the game, right? Yep. You have Zach Wilson's receivers dropping every ball that touches their hands or frame of their body. I feel like there is an epidemic of dropped balls in the NFL right now. Just receivers can't catch. You think, right, they're, they're professionals, right? They should be able to catch a football, even if it's a hard catch. You're paid tens of millions of dollars a year to make those hard catches, right? That's what you do. Why can no one catch in the NFL anymore? I don't know. And like you said, like it's everywhere. Like it's wide receivers, it's running backs, it's tight ends. Like Travis Kelsey dropped like three or four balls last night. Like it's everywhere. And I know like it's been rainy in some places, but it that's it's not like a common denominator. It's not like, oh, all these rain games, people are dropping crap. Like it, 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 there were more drops in the NFL than there were in the Washington Oregon state game on Saturday night. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we're seeing a little bit of a shift and I don't, we don't need to get into this too much, but a little bit of a shift away from the fundamentals and more towards like the flashy and explosive style. Um, it, like, I, I feel like they would rather go with somebody who can hit the home run than someone who can get on base every play. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I did hear a take as well. The NFL teams are too concerned with looking cool. Yeah. Their their gloves are it, it's kind of like a BYU cleat gate thing, right? <laughs> they they don't wear the right cleats. They don't they don't wear the proper gloves, right? They're gloves that get even more slippery when wet, not gloves that get stickier when wet. Um maybe that's a thing. Maybe they're concerned with being too cool. Maybe there's such an emphasis on speed and quick cuts now that people mm -hmm. are working on their hands less less time on the jugs and more time doing footwork drills, stuff like that. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, we've been seeing it in the O line for the past couple of years and now it just seems like it's catching up to other positions as well. Um, let's move along though. Cause we do have a lot to talk about, especially BYU football. Now BYU football played the number 14 team in the country last week. Uh, Oklahoma Sooners came in as like a 25 point favorite, 24 and a half point favorite. Um, and I, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I thought they would cover that in the first quarter, um, given the way our team had played, but yep. our team came out, we played very hard. Our players played as good as you probably could have hoped. Um, can't say that about the coaches, but the players played really hard and we only lost by seven after giving up 20, what was it, 24 points off of turnovers? No, 21 points off turnovers, and we lost by seven. So you 21. can just imagine. Yeah, 21 points off turnovers. Yeah, so I 
I don't know. I don't know where you want to start with this game. Oklahoma 31, BYU 24. Uh, there's a lot to talk about and unpack here. Yeah, I mean, let me start off by saying this. Um, I am extremely happy that I'm mad at this game. <laughs> uh, like, going into this game, I thought that I was just going to be laughing my butt off the entire time in the stands. I thought I was paying to watch a dry bar comedy show. I thought <laughs> I was going to go in there and just laugh. And at the end of it, just laugh about it and say, gosh, we suck and not be mad about it. The <laughs> fact that we were in that game close and we should have won we versus should the number have. 14 team in the nation is awesome. I mean, Jared, it's November in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. <laughs> senior night and we're not playing idaho state we're not playing some random freaking nobody we're playing the number 14 team in the nation and we gave them a fight i did not think we were going to do it like you said i thought honestly i mean i was busy that day i was planning on leaving by the end of the second quarter like <laughs> i was just going for the experience but then we started playing well and i had to reschedule everything because i wanted to see us win did i see us win no but i almost did and I'm happy that I almost did. <laughs> I'm with you. It was so refreshing to see a competent, a semi-competent football team take the field on Saturday. Like, Good correction, it, good correction. Yes, yeah, semi-competent, and, and we'll get to that. But, yeah, I, I agree. I was, I was very, very angry, and I even I, – I said that exact same thing in our uh, sports analyst chat. I was like, I love how angry I am right now. It's the middle of the third quarter, and I'm fuming – I thought I would be at home by now playing with my dog. Like it, it was very refreshing to see. Um, I, I want to start with Aiden Robbins. Aiden Robbins was incredible. Uh, the O-line, yes, they played better, but I, Aiden is a dog, dude. Like on that first big run he had, we were talking about it. The but He had like eight inches and he just squeezes through a bunch of fat butts and breaks it like a 40 yard run. Um, he is an animal. I freaking mm -hmm. love this dude. I really wish that he would have been healthy all season because I think it would have covered up a lot of the offensive line struggles we had early. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. We were absolutely robbed of seeing him fully healthy for a year. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he was honored during senior night. Um, BYU, for some reason, decided to do its senior night honorings after the game, after everyone had lost, after everyone <laughs> had left, after a disappointing loss, you know. So – Nobody really saw it. But Aiden Robbins, he was a beast. He was doing well. And like Jared was saying, the offensive line did better this game. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily because they just played better. It's because we finally wised up and abandoned the zone blocking scheme. We didn't have just zone left or zone right. We had guards and tackles pulling. We were running track. We were running counters. We were running up the A-gap instead of trying to stretch it past the freaking hash marks to the numbers. We were actually playing smash mouth football. And with big guys like, you know, Miley and Suamataya and all these guys, that worked. Instead of making them run six yards diagonally to try to block a linebacker who's more agile than them, they let them just put bodies on bodies. And it worked. Finally, Funk finally figured it out. Or, hot take, Funk's no longer calling the blocking schemes and is on his way out of the program, and somebody else figured it out. Can I say that for sure? No, that is not, I repeat, not a scoop. <laughs> not a scoop. We have no sources, but that's kind of what it seemed like. Yes, if you were coming to us for scoops, you were in the wrong place, my friend. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. 
but uh yeah it was really refreshing um i know we had the turnovers um i i think you can attribute some of those turnovers to is a rainy game um that the trick play i think was just stupid i don't I, okay this is what i'm gonna say one turnover we can attribute to oklahoma okay that blitz they brought off the edge on the blind side at jake retzlaff for the third fumble that was just a great play jake is new it's his third start right in real football like he can't just go you know play against like mom and pop's fat little kid on saturdays um the first one i think is a coaching error I, you have a quarterback in his third start and you're going to run like a fake handoff handoff pitch back reverse in the uh, rain I, like i i don't i don't know like that's just a lot to ask in the rain right i don't know if that's the smartest choice and then the last one I'm going to do really good, really hard job. I'm, I'm trying very, very hard right now. As you can see, I'm already getting flustered just thinking about it. The pick six. Oh, gosh. We need to talk about this, okay? Now, Jake Retzloff threw the ball on first and goal from, what was it, like the one-and-a-half-yard line? Two-yard line. Two. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, the coaches came out after the game and Jake as well and said that it the call, the play call was an RPO. And Jake explained what he saw. The Oklahoma guy, I will admit, he made a great play. He wasn't in position, but got back to position really quickly. That happens sometimes when you're playing teams with five stars um, and, and four stars across the board. But the coaches, this is the vibe I got in post-game interview. They kind of put the blame on Jake. They said, yes, it was an RPO call, but Jake wasn't supposed to throw it. He shouldn't have thrown it. He should have just handed it off. Hans Olsen comes in. Yes, it's an RPO, but he should have just run the ball. Do you know what RPO stands for, coaches? Run, pass, option. There's an option to pass the ball. If you do not want your quarterback to pass the ball, don't give him the freaking option to pass the freaking ball. I was mm -hmm. so mad. And they're like, Jake just didn't make the right choice. Don't give him the stupid choice to throw the ball. What are we doing? I, I told myself I wasn't going to get upset, but I'm getting very, very upset. I just, I just think it is the stupidest thing in the world to blame a quarterback for throwing the ball when there was a pass option and you didn't want him to pass it. Call a stupid QB sneak. Call a play where you just run the ball. I don't know. I got to stop before I like burst a vein. Um, but I just found that very frustrating. That's all. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I always advocate, and maybe I'm in the minority here, but I advocate for them to line up in the freaking double wing or the I formation with Tyler Batty at fullback and let Tyler Batty just knock somebody's freaking head off. Like, I want to see a helmet fly from the goal line into the stands because he was hit so hard. Tyler Batty would do that. And then you let whoever's at running back waltz right in. Heck, you could put who, I don't know. Paul Miley at running back, and he'd be able to walk through the hole into the end zone if you let Tyler Batty knock somebody's head off. I will say, I will say this about the play. I like Jake Retzloff. I really like him. I think he made some first year in the FBS mistakes, but I think he has a chance to be pretty dang good. He was slinging the ball. He was running the ball, running the option, the read option well. And I appreciate the fact that he never gave up on the play and chased it all the way down and almost made a tackle at the one-yard line. Mm -hmm. That's something that Cody Epps did not do. 
That's something that the other wide receivers on the field did not do. That's no one else. That Aiden Robbins did not do. Yeah. Nobody else pursued him except for Jake Retzloff. And I appreciate that. He's got some dog in him. I think with that fight, he won me over. Yeah. Like I, I, was, I really liked Retzloff, and this play was bad. You know, he shouldn't have done it. He made a mistake. But this is his redshirt year. He's still got two years left. He is going to play better than this. He's going to make wiser decisions than this. But the fact that he fought for that play all the way down to the goal line on the opposing side after he had made a mistake was very impressive to me. No, I, I 100% agree. It's it's like the Algier punch-out without the punch-out. Like, just the fact that he tried was like, wow, dude, you just you threw a pick in the end zone, and you as the quarterback, you're not even supposed to be that that fast. Chase him all the way down the field? Like, I, I 100% agree. That's that's just effort, and that's what I like to see. Um, Kalani was saying they'll reevaluate the quarterback position after this week. I think Retzlaff is the guy. I think he adds dynamic ability. Uh, the ability to throw across his body, the ability to extend plays, the ability to pick up yards with his feet. I I like Slovis. I really like Slovis. I think he's a great passer of the football. With the offense that we have and the personnel that we have and the idiot in the play calling booth that we have, I think you need somebody <laughs> like Red Slav to give us a chance to win games. You know, the defense really has been giving us a chance to win games. And I've been really impressed with what Jay Hill has been doing. Has every game been perfect? No. Have they given up a ton? Yes, but he's also working with a lot of players that he didn't recruit and some guys that he brought in. I was extremely impressed with, you know, he's doing work, man. He held Oklahoma underneath their season scoring average, even on the road. Mm -hmm. He's working with guys that he does, that he did not recruit. Once he gets his guys in that can apply pressure and that can cause even more havoc on top of his defensive scheme, I think our defense is going to be really good and is going to be one of the top ones in the Big 12. Shout out to Jay Hill. Shout out to our defense for keeping us in games like Oklahoma, like Texas, like that Arkansas game too. Our defense has been doing numbers all year long with slip-ups, yes, but I don't know. I'm, I've been really impressed with our defense. No, I, I 100% agree. Our defense is playing great, especially given the talent we have. Like we have – we have good G5 players, right? Like if we were playing a G5 schedule, we would win 10 or 11 games with these players. But in the P5, like yeah. these players just aren't going to cut mm -hmm. it. And that's I, like, you can't do anything about that, right? But Jay Hill's offensive or his defensive scheme is working really, really well. I think players are bought in. He's establishing a culture of like fight. Like I love Tyler Batty, dude. Every play, like somebody like hits him, like he's hitting back, you know? And I feel like we're seeing that across mm -hmm. the board. Um, we just we just don't quite have players that can win one-on-ones against P5 O-linemen, right? That's why we're not getting any sacks. Uh, no, I've, I've been really impressed with Jay Hill as well. Uh, this game was essentially the Texas game, except we had an offense, right? Because even though we lost to Texas 35 to six, yeah. like we could have won that game. It, there was a, there's a lot of games. Like if you played a hundred times, BYU wins probably 30 to 40 of them at least with with the way that our yeah. defense played that game yeah. we played incredible we just didn't have any offense but now we did have an offense we had a running back we had an offensive line that was blocking well we were running inside zones like it this game was what the texas game should have been if we had figured out these offensive issues it just sucks that you know we have one game left and we're like yes we figured out the run game <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know i think i think the way that our team is coached this year like obviously the ceiling is bull eligibility but i think moving forward 
if we don't change the offensive coaching scheme, like if we don't fix something to figure out these things before week 12, like our ceiling will always be bowl eligibility unless we change something, unless there's a shift in culture, unless there's a shift in offensive uh, scheme and play calling. Um, and then obviously recruiting as well. Uh, I just think as, as our team and program is currently constituted, bowl eligibility is our ceiling. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Our offense needs to find a way to adjust sooner. And I think, honestly, one of the main issues was we were trying to run an RPO system with Keaton Slovis, who just didn't trust his legs as much as Jake Redslaw did. Mm -hmm. I really like Keaton Slovis. I think he's a really good passer. I think he's a really good quarterback. But like you alluded to earlier, Jared, I just don't think his skill set fits our personnel. There are very good quarterbacks that would be great elsewhere but that just don't fit in a system. Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson at the Jets. There's a lot of times where that will happen. I mean, you think of Geno Smith, right? Mm -hmm. Geno Smith was with the Jets and was with was a journeyman for a while, ended up in, in Seattle, and now is killing it. He is in the right system for him. Offenses succeed when they have a quarterback that complements their players. I think Jake Retzloff is that, and if we continue to utilize him, I think our offense will improve. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I hate I, – because I 100% agree with you. Like, Keaton Slovis just isn't the quarterback for this kind of an offense. It it just – it sucks that we have nothing else. Like, if our quarterback can't run the ball, then it's like, oh, well, we're screwed. You know, like, I wish our coaches could figure out, like, hey, we don't have a running quarterback. Let's figure out something that works for him rather than, oh, you don't work? You're out. Like, you know, have a little bit of flexibility. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to – because in my notes I have here, uh, just off the record here, um, I have fire Kalani, fire A-Rod, fire Funk, uh, burn the program to the ground. Uh, these are all in my notes, but I'm not going to say those. So just pretend I didn't say them. Um, mm -hmm. I'm willing to give it another week before I start pulling out the uh, guillotine, uh, proverbial guillotine. Um, uh, anyone I, but sorry. Funk. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm, I'm willing to give our team another shot see how we perform on the road in their final game for bowl eligibility. If we stick with what we showed against Oklahoma, we can definitely win. If not, uh, then we're going to lose 37 to seven again. So um, yeah, that's kind of just my final thought. Uh, it's just kind of too little too late at this point. That's, that's mainly what I'm saying. I mean, this is off the record too, but I mean, I've, I've gone and said on the record that I don't think A-Rod is on the hot seat. I, I don't think he's going to be fired, but I think he will be put on the hot seat next season. Kalani, I don't think you have any grounds to fire him. He's transitioning to the to the power five. Is you know, it, It's a tough transition. Look at what Kyle Whittingham did at Utah. You know, they went like what? Seven and five, five and seven, five and seven. But my brother, one of my brothers, um, has advocated the firing of Kalani for two years now and says that BYU either needs to drop its requirement for an LDS head coach or defund the football program. Uh, I think if, if we, if our, if our institution was focused on being a good football team, then those would apply, but yes. BYU doesn't care about being good at football. That's the problem. <laughs> being good at football is just a happy accident exactly that national championship was never something i don't think i mean of course every coach is pursuing it right but i don't think byu as an institution was like texas a&m or something like pouring all this money into we're gonna win a national championship 
That was just a happy accident. I bet the and, administration woke up on January 5th and was like, wait, what? Yeah. What? Aww, what? <laughs> <laughs> they were sitting there under the victory bell, ringing it like, I don't know what just happened. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I disagree with my brother. Let me be on the record there. Okay. Um, I think Kalani's a good coach, and I think that at the very least, he's he's a good stepping stone. I don't like I don't because who yeah. else do you hire? I mean, I guess that's the problem. Jay, yeah, Jay Hill. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who else? Bieber. Who else do you hire? You know, yeah. um, Kai Whittingham, Andy Reid. <laughs> oh man, I w- I will say this. I have to give major props to Oklahoma, especially one player on Oklahoma. Okay. Um, I, I, I forget what his name is. I, I don't see it anymore, unfortunately. But um, one of the Oklahoma players said something that is legendary. Okay. I'm sure you're aware with, of what communion is in the Catholic faith, right? Correct. For those that are unaware, communion in the Catholic faith is very similar to the sacrament in the LDS faith, though it is partaken with wine instead of water. He says, and I quote, he posted this on Instagram, photo of him flexing BYU players in the background. Call me communion because I'm that cracker with the juice. Some white player for Oklahoma says, "Call me communion because I'm that cracker <laughs> with the juice." Um, dude, hands down, one of the best things I've heard. Like creative, incredible, ten out of ten execution and delivery. Shout out to that guy. Shout out to Oklahoma. And I, I I'll say this, Jared. I, I don't know if you had the same experience. Shout out to Oklahoma in general. Oklahoma traveled really well, and the fans were all really cool. Like they did their little boomer sooner chant, but they were respectful the entire the entire time. They were there to enjoy the game. They weren't like the Iowa State douchebags that were there the entire game. I freaking hated the Iowa State fans. The Oklahoma 100%. fans were cool. One hundred percent. I honestly like. Other than us losing, I enjoyed every single part of this game. Dude, me too. Honestly, like everything except for that pick six was really fun. Because yeah. without it, then we go to overtime or win, right? Like, it, yeah. it it was an awesome, awesome experience. It was so good to have after last week's just, just, just pathetic excuse of a football experience, right, against Iowa State. Like, this it, – it gave me the chills in between the third and fourth quarter. It was like, this is college football. Like, yeah. this is why we're here. Um, it was awesome. Absolutely enjoyable. Uh, there were also a lot of other games – uh, in college football, just given time, we're not going to do the nifty nine. Sorry, everybody. Um, but let's talk college football because this is shaping up to be a wild, wild finish, uh, both through rivalry weekend and the conference championship games. I mean, we have five undefeated teams. Uh, obviously, Ohio State plays in the game this Saturday and the loser of that game will be out. Uh, but we could possibly like there is a lot of room for chaos if if everybody doesn't win out right. Um, I don't know. I, I do you have any uh what what's your take on on college football right now as we kind of walk into the last week of the season? Um, CUSA is better than the SEC. Oh, 
I like uh, this. For those of you that don't know, uh, New Mexico State and Auburn had a little matchup oh. um, at Auburn. And New Mexico State beat the doors off of Auburn. They beat the nuts off of him. It wasn't even close. And Diego Pavia, New Mexico State's quarterback, who's got his helmet turned around one time and threw a pass not being able to see because he got face masked <laughs> and his helmet was on backwards, threw a pick in the game. And the Auburn safety was returning it down the sideline. And they squared up on the sideline. Safety's licking his chops, right? This little 5'9 quarterback. Little <laughs> did he know, Diego Pavia was a state champion wrestler who <laughs> picked him up, had him in the air, and body slammed him into the freaking turf. <laughs> Dude, if you get body slammed by a 5'9 quarterback like that, retire your scholarship out of here, revoked. You, you can't <laughs> play anymore. Especially if you were at Auburn and playing New Mexico State. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah, that's that's my number one take is uh, CUSA is better than Auburn. College football as a whole is beautiful. USC, UCLA, K- the fall of Caleb Williams is honestly hilarious. Oh, so and the funny. correlation of Caleb Williams starting to suck and the Broncos winning every single football game after <laughs> in a reverse tank is honestly hilarious as well. That color matchup, though, between USC and UCLA. Oh. USC in their, in their crimson and UCLA in their sissy blue. You know, the powder <laughs> blue. All rivalries should do color on color matchups. Yeah. Sure. That's, my, it, that's my other take. It is glorious. That, that is probably, like, one of the top three, if not number one, of uniform matchups in college football. Absolutely incredible. So just iconic – um i i want to shout out the weather um mm-hmm. the uh rain in washington and oregon state was insane oh yeah absolutely nuts like you could tell when they were throwing the ball like the ball like the trajectory and like the flight of the ball was changed by how much rain there was um that that was awesome i love watching just rainy just bad like just nasty weather football. Um, that was super, super fun. Um, I also would like to not shout out the NCAA uh, because they're freaking bumholes and refuse to let Jacksonville State and James Madison go to bowl games. Both of those teams could beat the nuts off of so many SEC, Big Ten, like so many of these other bowl-eligible teams. that They should be allowed to go. I, I don't understand why they're not allowing, allowing them to go. Like – Words come out of their mouth and they just go whoop, whoop, out my ears because they don't make sense. James Madison deserves a New Year's Six bid. They do. Yeah. Undefeated. Insane. Insane. NCAA is an organization run by cowards. You're all cowards. Cowards, cowards, and cowards. Um, I got a take for you, Jared. Okay. This is going to be a fun one. BYU will make a bowl at five and seven. Uh? You know, if there are not enough bowl eligible teams, bowls can invite whoever they want, James Madison included, Jacksonville State included, to participate in their games. Um, It's not unprecedented, right? In the, what was it? Was it the... Um, Arizona Barstool Bowl that a five and seven team played in last year. 
Yes. Um, five and seven teams do play in bowl games. So BYU brings eyes. BYU will make a bowl, but at five and seven. Um, That would be kind of hilarious, I think. Um, I think that would be bad for, for BYU because then it would be even more just like, oh, everything's fine. Like, we're good. <laughs> we made a bowl game. Um, I, I, it could happen. I don't, I can't remember what the stipulations are for that. I think there's something to do with like academic progress rates or something. Um, I have no idea. That would be really funny though. Um, let's talk playoff uh, because you have Georgia, Ohio state, that team up North, Florida state and Washington, all as undefeated teams. And then you kind of have the three teams that are lurking, right? Oregon, Texas, and Alabama. And, and I guess Louisville, I, I, I don't know. No, no, sir. No, sir. I, maybe no, sir. not because no of the ACC. team, right? Like if we were going by true analysis of the team, then maybe, but because they don't have that big name and logo. Um. Anyway, but let's talk about those teams. Uh, let's hear your playoff four as of right now. If the playoff were today, who would be it? I mean, if you're talking right now, I guess Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, and Washington, okay. according to the College Football Playoff Committee. True. You know, but this is this is what I think is going to happen. I think the number one team in the country will be Ohio State because they will defeat that team up north this week. I think Georgia will be number two because they will defeat Alabama. Okay. I think Washington will be number three as they defeat Oregon once again. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, I think I'm going to have a little bit more fun with this. Oh, boy. This is um, exciting. Florida State, I'm taking out of the equation entirely just because, uh, you know, Travis getting hurt. Okay. That injury was sickening. I almost threw up when I saw it happen. That was like one of the most gruesome TVMA rated R things I have ever seen. Okay. Continue. Uh, I raise you Kevin aware. Um, <laughs> number three, Blood I got those blood this time. Number three, I got Texas actually. Oh, um, okay. I think that they're going to run out and win the big 12. Okay. Which would be interesting if Texas made the playoff. I think it would be fun. That number be four is Oregon. Ooh. Now, this is a little bit of a chaos scenario, right? Texas wins. Um, you got Alabama, right, who is a two-loss team if they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, right? And then you have uh, Washington, who would be a one-loss team if they lost to Oregon in the Pac-X championship game. And then you have Michigan, who's a one-loss team who didn't play in the Big Ten championship. I, I think at that point seeing... you – we're assuming Florida State loses to Louisville, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And or Florida, like yeah. they're out of the okay. Yeah, Louisville's or sorry, yeah, Louisville's out. I think you can't include Michigan in the playoff because they didn't make their conference championship game. You can't include Washington because they lost to Oregon in that Pac X championship game. So I think Oregon at that point then gets in over Washington and Michigan gets left out entirely. Texas being a one loss conference champion with a win over Alabama as well gets in. That is my playoff four prediction. Uh, I can definitely see that. I I have no idea like what's get like I I don't know. I have a sinking feeling that 
Alabama is going to get into the playoff. Like, no, 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 no. I don't, Mark, but no, I don't think it should happen. Obviously, like there, there's there is a very specific scenario where it happens, but I feel like I don't know. I just feel like everybody is loving Alabama right now because they're beating up on Chattanooga and an Auburn team that just lost by 30 to New Mexico State right this weekend. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be the winner of the game. Obviously, it's just going to go stomp Iowa. You're going to have the winner of the SEC championship game, whether that's Alabama or Georgia. And then I think you have two spots left over that are going to be for Texas, Washington, and Florida State. I, I'm excited to see what Florida State does because, I mean, people have talked about it a lot, but Cardale Jones with Ohio State. Uh, JT Barrett goes down in the game and, uh, in comes Cardale Jones beats Wisconsin. Who's a top 15 team, 59 to zero in the big 10 championship game. Can Florida do that to Louisville? I don't know, but I think if they do, if they look really, really good, there's no reason not to include them. Like they still have a good team around Jordan Travis. They still have really good wide receivers. They have a pretty good defense. So I don't, I don't know. I'm very excited to see this weekend because obviously you have the game, but then there's all these other games where an upset could derail an entire, uh, like they could just absolutely eliminate somebody like Oregon, Washington, Florida state, Texas. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see this. Uh, I don't know if there'll be any upsets this week, but I think going into championship weekend, it's going to be a lot of chaos scenarios. Um, and I think it's going to be really exciting. Heck yeah, dude. I can't do chaos. Chaos is perfect. I love chaos. Like the chaos that exists in the big 12 championship game where something like oh. 200 possibilities exist somehow. I don't <laughs> even know how that's mathematically possible. It could be an eight way tie for first. Don't know. Don't. <laughs> and they're changing the rules every week. Makes yeah. no sense. It's what it, it, it absolutely makes no sense. Speaking of the big 12. Yes. What do you say we get into our premier big 12 matchup of the week? We do. Uh, there's not a lot to say here on my end. I don't know. Oklahoma State's a good team. They're a good yep. team. I throw that UCF loss completely out the window. It was raining cats and dogs. It was a hurricane. They left at halftime. Um, they weren't going to win that game, and they knew it, so they just stopped trying. Um, I think it's just going to come down to BYU. Can we control the game? Can we control – can we make it a lower-scoring lower game? Can we run the football? Can we not call a pass play on first and goal from the two? Um, yep. I think we match up well with these guys. They're better than us, but I think if we can beat Oklahoma, we can definitely beat these guys. Um, it's just going to come down to whether or not we can control the clock. If we get down early, I think it's over. Um, but if we can focus on the run game, limit possessions, that kind of stuff, then I think we have a pretty good chance at winning. Yeah, I, honestly, we need to – I don't know what we need to do, honestly. Oklahoma State teams are always weird. Mike Gundy yeah. <laughs> is known for producing the weirdest football teams of all time. A team that will get blown out by UCF, a team that will lose to South Alabama earlier in the year, but a team that will beat West Virginia, a team that will play Houston, absolutely suck for the entire first half, turn the ball over like it's like it's their constitutional right, and then all of a sudden blast them in the second half and win by a comfortable margin. Oklahoma State is a team that likes to air out the ball they like to play aggressive defense, so aggressive that they miss a lot of the time and you know, <laughs> can't defend the run. They can't – I mean, they intercept the ball a lot, but they also allow a lot of deep balls over them because of their aggressive play style. Oklahoma State is just 
a cat in a bag and you <laughs> shake it up and you have no idea whether or not that cat is going to give up and pass out or whether that cat's going to scratch and claw, scratch its way out of the bag and scratch you in the freaking face. You have no clue what's going to happen. BYU just needs to play its game, right? We need to run the ball well. We need Retzloff or Slovis or whoever's playing to take care of the ball. We can't be turning the ball over. Jared, what do you think? What do you think our keys are to victory in this game in which we are 17-point road dogs? Um, I think we're going to have to run for 150-plus. Easy. Easy. Um, Aiden Robbins is going to have to go off again. Two, win the turnover battle. Like you were saying, don't turn the ball over. And our defense has to force a turnover. Like in the Oklahoma game, if we could have forced one turnover, then we could have won the game. But we didn't oh, yeah. get any, which is a credit to both them and us, right? Yeah. We need to force a turnover. And then secondly, we need to not get behind early. We cannot have a slow start. Against Oklahoma, we did not start slow, and we were in it the whole time. Look what happens when you don't just gift wrap 14 points in the first 90 seconds to your opponent. Mm-hmm. Like, it's amazing. So if we can – rush for over 150 yards, win the turnover battle, and not start super, super slow, I think there's a high there's a high probability that we're in the game late. I'll say that. Yeah, no, I think we absolutely need to do that. I don't know. Last time I said that we could not compete in a scoring match was when we played Virginia in, uh, what year was that, 2021? <laughs> and we yeah. absolutely did compete with them in a scoring match. I was fervent in my take. Defended it at work, defended it at school, defended it on the podcast. BYU will not win in a shootout, and BYU did just that. They won in a shootout. So (laughs) I think all we can do is take care of the ball and run the ball well. I think if we continue with our offensive line movement, pulling and running traps and not just zones, and we have Aiden Robbins back there and LJ Martin back there and you know Deion Smith back there as well, I think we can have a competent running attack that will complement Retzlaw for Slovis. That will open up the play action. And as long as we take care of the ball, I think we will score enough times to be competitive in this game. I agree. I, I think it's simple as that. I think, like we said, there's not a ton to say. You just got to play a good football game. Nothing special. Nothing nothing special to it, right? Um, let's move ahead. Uh, just in the uh, uh, interest of time, let's move ahead to our upset picks. Um, I got the cover last week. Uh, I guess let's just go with the total. I mean, you have 17 points still way out ahead. Uh, I have 13. Um, we're both at seven. You're at seven, four, seven, five. So we've both been uh, hitting these at good clips, um, but you've gotten a lot of outright wins. So the money line is really coming in for you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go. Let's go with another one this week. Who you got in your upset pick? So I set this upset pick earlier today around noon or so, and this game is currently going on, but I have EMU Eastern Michigan plus five and a half at Buffalo. Currently, that seems to be going pretty well for me as Eastern Michigan is up seven to nothing at the start of the second quarter and has the ball on their 43. So um, I don't know why the spread was the way that it was. Eastern Michigan is five and six fighting for bowl eligibility. Buffalo is three and eight, I believe, and is not a great team. Now, it did snow like crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, made no sense to me. (laughs) And um, Buffalo is, maybe they thought because it's a freaking random crazy blizzard, as it always is in Buffalo. Buffalo lives (laughs) in a constant state of being under four feet of snow, that something crazy would happen in this game, but I think I'm going to get the outright win. 
Yeah, I mean, it's looking pretty good for you, Eastern Michigan. They've played pretty well this season. Like, they're not bowl eligible, but they've been feisty, covering a lot of spreads out there. Um, I'm going – this is just kind of a fricket game. Um, I'm going UConn at UMass. UMass is two-and-a-half-point dogs at home to UConn? You, oh, I the feel like all the, the – the many, the many, many, many UMass games that I've watched this year, UMass oh, yeah. has surprised me. Uh, that week zero game, especially like they, they surprised me with how competitive they were. They weren't actually very good, but neither is UConn. I don't know. Taking the home team in the absolute pillow fight of the week of the century of the millennium, uh, just for fun. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Hopefully I can uh, stay above 500 there. The toilet bowl. Gotta love it. Let's it. move on to our tipsy 10. Unfortunately, last week was an off week for me. I did not participate, but Jared and the fans did. And Jared, you, your week was fruitful. It was fruitful. Um, there was, uh, I, yeah, it was a good week. I'm going to pick BYU every week. That was a loss. You got to throw that one away. I'm never going to pick Clemson. So that one's a loss. Throw it out the way. So if you just throw away two games, and we go seven of eight, like that, that's pretty good for me. Um, I'll take it. Fans went six and four. Uh, I'm one game up on the fans. Um, but all three of us, fans, me and you, all above 500. Dan with his special appearance was also 500. So uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're doing pretty good for ourselves, got to say. We are. I mean, I've just played 20 less games, but that's okay. I still have the <laughs> worst record. Um, 51% of my wins, 54 of Jared's. Or sorry, 54 of the fans, 55 of Jared's. Will we make it 100% this week? Will we have our first ever 10-0 week here on the Royal Strong and True podcast? One can only tell with time as we recap, or I guess preview, rivalry week. Dude, this is the greatest week. Uh, it, it is the best. Uh, there is nothing like rivalry games because the, the emotion, uh, everything that makes college football great is present in rivalry games. If you had to explain to an alien, like, why college football was great, you would just take them to this weekend and you'd watch football all day Friday, all day Saturday, and then they would be indoctrinated. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's kick things off on Thanksgiving with the classic, the Egg Bowl. I love this game. Um, You got iconic moments like the piss and miss um, with that one guy that I like more than (laughs) that. The piss and miss. The piss and miss is incredible. These games are always wild. They're always close. Ole Miss, number 13 team in the country, playing at Mississippi State, who just fired their head coach. And Ole Miss is only 10-point favorites. Like, this game is always wild. Justin, who do you have in this one? This will be 5.30 p.m. on ESPN on Thanksgiving night. Uh, Ole Miss at Mississippi State. I'm going with Juice Kiffin and his owner. Um, I think Ole Miss is going to – you know, shout out to Juice Dog Walk Mississippi State. And Ooh, I see you. I see you. Uh, I'm also going with Ole Miss. I'm fading what I want to happen. I want Mississippi State to win, and so I am going with Ole Miss. So either way, I get half of a dub. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> really sounds really sound reasoning there. Next up, Friday, 1.30 p.m. on ABC, prime time. For UTSA traveling to take on number 24, Tulane. Where is UTSA at mentally? Is Jeff Trailer there? Or 
Is he gone? Who mm-hmm. knows? Tulane is a three and a half point home favorite. Jared, who do you got in this one? Um, three and a half point favorite. Uh, I mean, that just tells you this would be a pick them on a neutral field, right? So teams are very evenly matched according to the bookmakers, bookkeepers, whatever you, frick you want to call them. Um, this is incredibly important. The winner of this game goes to play SMU in the uh, AAC title game. Um, super, super high stakes game in the AAC. If you love G5 football, you will love this football game. Um, I don't know. I've, I've kind of been down on Tulane this year. I don't know why. They, they played Ole Miss tough with their backup, um, but they just haven't looked very good since. So I'm going to go with the Roadrunners. I'm not super confident um, just because of the whole, you know, the coaching search with really Willie Fritz from Tulane uh, and Jeff Trailer uh, from UTSA. I think they're both kind of maybe looking in other places, um, but I'm going to go with Frank Harris uh, because I know, I know that he's good. I'm going to go with UTSA here on the road at Tulane. Give me Tulane in this one. I do think that UTSA and Tulane are evenly matched teams. I think this is going to be a very fun game to watch, but I do think that Tulane has just a little bit more speed than UTSA does. And when both teams are not being coached at 100% because both coaches are getting offers elsewhere, (laughs) you have to go with the athletes over the, you have to go with the guys that are more athletic over the guys that are less athletic. So give me Tulane. Do I hear a hint of logic over there, Justin? A hint of reason? Oh, <laughs> good pick, my friend. Uh, as of course I would say. Anyway, um, let's move. Not ahead. so fast, midget. <laughs> is what he would say to that little kid. Um, better than oh, f it. Um, <laughs> uh, this is one of my favorite games all year. Iowa at Nebraska. This is absolutely just disgustingly beautiful football. Oh my goodness! Uniform matchup is incredible. It's going to be in Lincoln Stadium, Nebraska. I mean. The Matt Rule first year hasn't been exact, hasn't been exactly the greatest thing. Um, I mean, they're five and six. They're fighting for bowl eligibility. Iowa nine and two, going to the Big Ten championship game already. Nebraska is a two and a half point favorite at home against the sixteen point or the sixteenth ranked Hawkeyes. Justin, who are you going with in this one? First of all, um, Jared, what do you think the over under is at in this game right now? Oh boy, uh, it's got to be pretty. I'm gonna guess like 33 and a half. <laughs> you poor naive soul. Oh no! It is currently at one touchdown lower than that. 26 and a half. Are you kidding me? What on es on ESPN bet? It is 26 and a half. The over under. Um, this is going to be an absolute rock fight. I think <laughs> Iowa is going to win this football game just because I trust Iowa to get more safeties than Nebraska. And that's the only way that points will be scored in this game. Field goals and safeties. I think Iowa gets at least two safeties to power it to victory. So we're talking like 14 to 10, 14 to 13 kind of game yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going with Nebraska for this, for this reason only. I want them to win. <laughs> um Usually I would fade what I want to happen here, but I just want, I like Nebraska. I love Nebraska. I'm all in on Matt rule. They're playing at home. They're fighting for bowl eligibility. I was already going to the big 10 championship game. Uh, Give me the Huskers. Do I think they'll win? Absolutely not, but I'm channeling the good vibes and I'm going with the Huskers this week. Next up Friday, 6 30 PM on Fox. You have 
the Civil War. Canceled. Number 11, Oregon State takes a trip. Canceled. I don't know. Actually, they're, they're looking to keep this rivalry game going, which is awesome. I would um, love though that. they might be canceled canceled by the Twitterists, the Xists. <laughs> um, number 11, Oregon State. The Beavs travel to Eugene to take on number six, Oregon, in what is likely to be the foggiest of foggy games, as the Civil War always is. Oregon is a 13-and-a-half-point home favorite. Jared, who are you going with, the Mountain West or the Big Ten? <laughs> uh, I'm going with the Big Ten. You know I'm a Big Ten guy. Um, uh, yeah, Oregon, historically great Big Ten program, a lot of success in that program. Um, no, I'm going with Oregon uh, because I want Oregon and Washington to play each other. I, I want that, yeah. um, that chaos. I want that... Uh, like I want it to be super, super high stakes. I want, I, I really, really want that game to have as much juice to it as possible. Whereas if Oregon or Washington were to lose this week, we wouldn't have quite the situation there. So I'm going to go with Oregon just to set up that other matchup. Fair enough, man. I, I'm going to go with Oregon because I think Oregon might be a playoff team. Oregon's going to dominate Oregon state. They're ranked number 11, but you have to remember they have DJ ukulele, unga bunga at quarterback. So Give me bow picks. And and let's be honest, Dan Lanning is definitely the guy to say, oh, you guys got beat, you guys got manhandled last year against Oregon State. Well, let's go kick their, you know, let's go kick their trash to the curb, basically. Um, I, I think he's gonna have this team fired up and ready to go. I'm really excited for that one, though. Um, now we go to an evenly matched game. It's just a basically the same stakes as Oregon State, Oregon. Uh, Jacksonville State yep. at New Mexico State. Uh, both of these teams wildly surprising. Jacksonville State eight wins in their first year in the FBS. Nine wins or no 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 nine wins for Jackson. I can't remember, but they're both like very very high wins. They're both at eight eight wins or so. I can't remember. Should have had that pulled up. Anyway, both of these teams very very good. Both of them going to bowl games. Who would have had that? I wonder what that parlay would have gotten you preseason. New Mexico State and Jacksonville State to make a bowl. Well, I guess Jacksonville state can't, but anyway, enough chattering, New Mexico state minus one and a half at home. Justin, who are you going with the Aggies or the Cox? To answer your question, Jared, New Mexico state nine and three Jacksonville state eight and three. There we go. Um, I'm going with Jacksonville state in this one. I think New Mexico state has been playing very well. They beat Auburn, which is crazy last week. But after that, you have to have, in my opinion, an emotional letdown game, which is why Jacksonville state, comes in and steals New Mexico State's thunder. Uh, I am also going with Jayville State uh, for the same reason, basically. New Mexico State just beat Auburn. They, that was their Super Bowl. Like, they they won. They're done until the bowl game. Jacksonville State can't go to a bowl game. This is their last time to play football this year. Uh, they want it just a little bit more. Um, watching Jacksonville State, they stink. Like, watching them, they look like they should stink, and yet they've won eight games. Like, I, they just find ways to win. So, yeah. I feel I feel pretty good here going with the Cox. Um, oh, with the Cox. Let's let's move on to another one of my favorites. Um, you know I'm a Big Ten guy when I'm pulling out Paul Bunyan's axe on you. Um, we're going to Wisconsin, Minnesota. Absolutely love this game. This game should have a very low under as well. Uh, Wisconsin favored by two on the road. Minnesota coming off of that thirty-seven to three loss to Ohio State last week. Um, I love this game. This game is all about just toughness. This is everything that football should be. Um, and then you get an axe as a trophy. I mean, come on now. Uh, Justin, who are you taking in this one? 
This total notably higher than the other Big Ten game we reviewed at 41 and a half. Whoa. Um, Minnesota is sitting at five and six. Wisconsin is six and five. Wisconsin already has not had the season it's wanted. Minnesota is fighting for bowl eligibility at home. Give me Minnesota in this one. Row, row, row your boat. Um, I was not impressed with Minnesota against Ohio State. I mean, I know Ohio State is just worlds better, but the Greek rifle is not him. He is not it. Um, I think Tanner Mordecai is also not it, but I trust him just a little bit more. Um, although, is he still injured? Not 100% sure. I haven't heard don't the know. word on whether or not he's playing this week. So, don't I actually know. don't know. But I'm going with Wisconsin here. I want the Luke Fickle, kind of similar to the Matt Rule thing, I want Luke Fickle to succeed at Wisconsin. I kind of want him to win one. Um, but I'm just rooting for a good game here. I'm, I'm really excited to watch this one. Next up, Saturday, 2 p.m. on Fox, you have the Apple Cup, an aptly named game. Wazoo, the Pullman Kilgas are traveling to the Sound to take on number five Washington and the Huskies, who are favored by 16 and a half points at home. Jared, who do you have, Wazoo or Washington? Okay, I will say this. I'm picking Washington, A, because I want them to set up that huge Pac-12 title game for the final one, right? Um, and two... No, that's really just it. Um, <laughs> uh, I think they will win. I want it to be close. I think Phoenix, uh, penis, sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think he throws a Hail Mary to win. I think he's really good. I think he's better than Jaden Daniels. Um, uh, I I think this has a very uh, – even though Washington State is not as good as Oregon State, I think this one has a higher likelihood to be an upset. I think mm. there are more possibilities where Washington wins big. But I think there are more possibilities in which Washington State wins because they don't have that number next to their name. They, they're they not going to be looked at as that good of an opponent. Now, yes, Washington will be prepared. It's a rivalry game, blah, blah, blah. But I think Washington State has that capability to pull the wouldn't it be hilarious game, right, and beat Washington be, right before the the game, like their playoff on the line, right, all those things. So I think it will be close. Um, but I do think Washington is going to win. And I'm going to say on a Hail Mary, because why not? Heck yeah, I love that. And if that happens, all the happier I will be. I'm going with this one with the Pikes Place Fish Throwers, <laughs> Seattle, Washington. The Huskies, I think that they will win this game. I think that they will win it. I think that they will win it, pun intended, soundly. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did uh, there. <laughs> um yeah i think that one's gonna be fun uh I, it's always fun that game um let's move on to the next one we have the sunshine showdown uh try saying that five times fast you won't be able to do it um we have florida state playing at florida in the swamp florida state uh what's their backup's name oh i can't remember slipping uh, me there. florida uh, state backup quarterback is <laughs> Kate Roadmaker, who Roadmaker. is famous for TikTok dancing all over the place. That's right. Roadmaker. Um, yeah, so Florida State favored by six and a half on the road. Florida, obviously not very good. Also, Graham Mertz is injured. Florida took Missouri to the wire and then stopped playing football the last 45 seconds and let Missouri win the game. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if Florida will show up for all 60 minutes on Saturday, but this is one of those rivalry games where you can always expect 
a pregame scuffle and a couple of fights in the game. I'm going to go with Florida State here um, because I want there to be that chaos aspect. I want there to be the the just there's five teams that have a chance to make the playoff and the committee is going to be forced to make a decision. Um, so I, I'm going to pick Florida State here, but I'm also rooting for it to be a close game. I'm going with Florida in this one simply because um, Jordan Travis is hurt. Don't know if Roadmaker is good. That was an incredible face you were just making, Jared. I wish all of the listeners could have seen that. And Florida, this is another five and six team fighting for bowl eligibility. If Billy Napier wants to keep his job, he has to make a bowl game this year. So he's pulling out all the stops for this final game versus Florida State. So give me the Gators. Uh, I really like that. I will be rooting for Florida uh, to make it at least close. Like, I just want it to be a good game and come down to the end, see some punches thrown, uh, a couple fights. So, uh, I and I don't think Florida winning it is out of the question. I think there's a very high likelihood they could win the game. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited for that one as well. Should we get to – No, Jared. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was going to say, you should take the lead on this one. Because I know how passionate about how passionate you are about the time this is kicking off. Um. Okay, so we it, it it's time. Let's just talk about it. It is the game. It is the biggest game uh, in all of college football for like the hundredth year in a row. This is this is the most important game. I mean, I I was listening to Cover Three podcast the other day, and. Tom Fernelli, who sometimes has good takes, but a lot of the time has really, really poor takes, um, especially about playoff <laughs> expansion. Um, he mm. wants to go back to the mm. BCS. That'll tell you all you need to know. Um, uh, he said something that is blasphemous. He said that next year in the playoff, with the expanded playoff, the Ohio State versus that team up north rivalry game will not matter because both teams will already be in the playoff, right? Ohio State 2, that team up north 3, they'll both be in the playoff, right? It'll just be whoever's going to host and get the bye, right? I could not disagree more. This is what makes college football great, that it doesn't matter anything else that's going on you want to beat the team in front of you. There is nothing else in the world that matters this week except beating that team up north. There is, even if we were both going to the national championship game and playing again in five days, there is nothing that anybody associated with this game wants to do except beat the team on the other side of the field. It, regardless of circumstance, this is the most passionate game of college football you will ever find. It's the most blood it's the bloodiest most the biggest rivalry in all of sport um and and there is nothing that i want more like i'm getting physically sick this week thinking about the game this weekend because it is it just it means so much the last what is it 790 days whatever it has been like 800 and whatever i have just been disgusted and just itching to win this game uh I, I don't know. I know we're running out of time, so I'm just going to leave it to you. Uh, Justin, that team up north playing at home, favored by three points. Harbaugh will not be on the sidelines uh, for all the marbles. 
uh, this game. Uh, who are you taking? Are you taking the Buckeyes or that other team? I think it would be hilarious if Ryan Day could not even beat a Michigan team without uh, Jim Harbaugh. I think that would be hilarious. But I think, as I've stated previously in this episode, that this game will be dominated by O-H. I-O. Let's go. Uh-huh. Ohio State with the win. Jared, do I even have to ask? Who do you got? Yeah, you don't have to ask. Everyone knows. Um, I am so excited for this game. I think it's going to be intense. I think it's going to be super, super, super uh, heavy on defense and running the football. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it enough. Uh, we still have one more game to go. But, yeah, I am obviously taking the Buckeyes. I want to win by 350, 351 this week. Uh, Ryan Day goes for two every single time he scores. Um, anyway, let's wrap this up. Saturday, 1.30 p.m. on ABC. For some reason, the whole country is punished having to watch BYU and Oklahoma State play in prime time. BYU will be traveling to Stillwater to take on the number 23 Cowboys, who are favored by 17 points. Jared, who do you have in this one? Obviously, I'm going with Kooks. I think we established the run game. I think we control the pace of the game, but I think it's still going to be really close in the end. I was very impressed by Will Farron's field goal last week, and I'm saying he makes one for the win. We win 27-26. Don't ask me how Oklahoma State gets to 26. I have no idea. Uh, but BYU wins 27-26 in Stillwater. Going bowling, baby. Jared, I'm ripping my hair out. I, I can see that. <laughs> I had plans. Uh-oh. To make this pick historic. Okay. Interesting. Let me, let me, yeah, let's hear. Along the lines of the fade what you want to happen principle. I was going to, for the first time in Royal Strong and True History, have a host pick against BYU. Justin, you couldn't. However, I have I've done some soul searching. I've done some praying. I've done some research. And there's one way to make this happen. Okay. BYU is undefeated in weeks in which I declare that it is a good vibes only week. Okay. So hopefully I didn't just jinx it. So instead of picking against the Cougs, I am declaring this a good vibes only. Only week. No bad vibes. No bad vibes at all. Good vibes. Only the Cougars win. Uh, let's go with. Um, do, 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 do. Let, let's let's have some fun. Why don't we? <laughs> uh, thirty-eight to twenty-seven. 30, oh, thirty-eight to a blowout. Eleven points. I don't know how much of a blowout it is, but still, good <laughs> vibes only. Good vibes only. If you respond to my what are your predictions for the game with any bad vibes, you will immediately receive the the video of Mark Cuban saying that nobody cares what you think. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, well, there you have it. Uh, fan votes will be in tomorrow, or mm -hmm. I guess today, whenever you're listening to this on Wednesday. Uh, I will have that posted in the morning uh, so you can listen to our terrible takes and fade us, obviously. Um, it's one of the last weeks for tips of 10. So get your votes in baby. Uh, it's coming down to the wire here. Still could go either way. So 
uh, yeah, thanks for joining us again. It's going to be an awesome week of football and fun. So just remember, uh, if you don't want to talk to somebody, just tell me watching football and then go watch football. So yeah, that's how you deal with annoying family members. Um, eat lots of food, get really fat, play football, watch football, and have fun. Like Jared was saying, make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal to Royal Pod so you can vote in those Tipsy 10 picks. Fans are only one game behind Jared and have a chance to steal the victory. Will you do it this week? Vote on at Loyal to Royal Pod on our Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you are sharing the episode with your friends if you enjoyed it and downloading it. We appreciate you guys so much. This has been a beautiful season of college football. We can't wait to get into the postseason with you and move on to other sports. Though we don't want to move on to other sports. Football is the best sport, of course. But we will with you guys because we love you guys and we want to share sports with you. We take sports way too seriously. That's our MO. We love you. We'll see you next time. Goodbye now. Ra, 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 ra.